here. Yeah. I asked Heath to kind of give us a little testimony this morning, and uh, I want you to to hear uh, what God has done in his life and his journey. And uh, so he's he's going to share with us a little bit, and then I'll bring the message. Well, <clears throat> to start off, my name's Heath Dibble. I was born June 11th, 1985, to Brian and Charlotte Dibble in Logan, Ohio. I have uh, one bro- older brother, Woody Dibble. Uh, he is a year older than me, to, so to say we were close when we were children is pretty much an understatement. Um, my life started uh, early with uh, very physical abuse. Um, I watched my mother abuse daily. Then, you know, um, it wasn't until about five years old when uh, I can remember the, abu- the physical abuse started with me. Um, I found what I thought to be an out in uh, playing sports. I mean, little did I know I was wrong. Ignoring the problem was not going to give me an answer to it. Um, I mean, really, fast forward, there was a, just a lot of negativity in my household. Um, Twelve years old, um, I watched my uh, best friend um, kill himself. Uh, I didn't know how to deal with it, why my, you know, my best friend would leave me. He was kind of, at that point in my life, all I had had. Um, my brother, up until then, was like a father to me. Uh, about the time I had lost my best friend, my brother moved out. So, you know, I, I came hurt and started acting out. And, um, and then my parent, my father kicked me out of the house. So from about 13 to 18, I was just, I was in a dark hole. I was ripping, running, doing drugs. Um, just for what I thought to get by. Um, when I was 18 years old, the second of my three childhood friends um, committed suicide at our apartment while I was picking up my um, now ex-girlfriend. Um, I, uh, I, I walked into the woods to look for her and had found she had done that. Um, when I was 24, I had a and all between this, there was never God in my life. I never had anything but misery and addiction. Um, I wasn't looking for an answer. I was just looking not to hurt. Um, 24 years old, I had total shoulder replacement. And uh, from there, started doctor shopping. And um, what I made, rationalized as it was because I was going through extreme pain. Um, and at that point, once the pain pills started, I didn't care what or how I had to get by to get it. It, just, I, it was by any means. This went on for years. Um, I dived head first in the addiction, but the pain didn't just stop. It got deeper. My last childhood friend, um, which I was probably one of the closest people um, in my life ever uh, he was murdered um, <clears throat> I never dealt with any of these three losses in my life so it was you know it was off to the races I was completely empty 
I was mad at God. Asked Him why did He leave me alone on this earth. Then at that moment I told myself I was just, there's good people and bad people and I happen to be one of the bad ones. So uh, I had somehow gotten into a good company working and started operating a drill. But the addiction didn't stop. It just got deeper. And uh, my spiritual sickness was at an all-time high. Uh, and I lost my job. So homeless and, and living on the streets uh, started real intense. Um, at, at this point, it, it was October 2nd of this year. And I decided I was going to get help or end a disappointing life. Um, so on October 3rd, I decided not to put another drug in my body. Then after being in detox for two weeks, I was brought to New Hope Creation, getting told as I was walking in the door that it was a faith-based. Whew. I was immediately like, oh boy. Um, I just had never opened up to the thought before that there was a power greater than myself. Um... I've had ups and downs since being at New Hope, but I'm here to tell anyone thinking about getting help or knows someone struggling to get help, I've found Christ in my life. And um, I fall short of His glory a lot of days. And there's a lot of days that it just don't even look like He's in my life at all. But I know He is. Um, He carries me through those dark days because before... I'd have just been gone. I mean, I would have ran from any kind of responsibility or or, or um, problem that I needed to work through. Um, I also know not to ask for patience from God anymore because um, He sure does give it to you. <laughs> um, today I believe my Father will be by my side through life and recovery. I don't know what life is going to bring next. However, I know my Father's love will get through, get me through any um, trials and tribulations. And um, I'm just going to finish with uh, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, thank you. you think uh, you're just not sure that what you're doing is worth it I want to tell you the things we do here at this congregation helping people is worth every minute and every dollar you put towards it God's faithful the world's full of hurting people out there and lonely people and people who are struggling to find their way and their place and uh, too many times the church is way too busy being church 
We're being a group that, that ministers to people just like ourselves. But the reality is we've been called to reach out to the least, to the last, to the lost. And if we don't start making a time in our, in our lives to accomplish that, we're going to miss the very purpose for the reason why we're here on this earth. And, uh, you know, they asked Jesus uh, why he went to those kind of people. And he said, those who are well don't have any need of a physician. And uh, so if you lack purpose in your life, I tell you, he's, he's, he's came to give us purpose. And uh, you've been looking in the wrong place. Uh, today, as we finish out the, uh, the Advent season, I'd uh, like for you to, to look in Luke chapter 2. Beginning at uh, verse 21 through verse uh, 38. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name then called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. Looking for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. And then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord... You are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul. To the end of that, 
thought from many hearts may be revealed. And the prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple serving night and day with fasting and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for, redemp- for the redemption of Jerusalem. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of His Word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, we do give you great thanks for your written word. We thank you, Lord, for those who looked forward with great expectation to the coming of the Messiah. May we too be a people who are full of expectation of his second coming. May we too be a people full of expectation that you will fulfill everything that you have purposed in our lives to come to pass for your glory. We just give you this time, Lord, and ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through your servant today to your people. We give this time over to you, and Jesus we ask, and amen. I want you to know that Jesus' family was very Jewish in every way. On the eighth day, according to the custom, he was circumcised. And probably in Bethlehem. And was given the name Jesus as the angel had commanded to Mary and later to Joseph. That the child's name would be Jesus. That he was going to be the Savior, God's salvation for his people. So they fulfilled the law in in doing so at the circumcision of Jesus, in the giving of the name. And then the scripture goes on to say that when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were complete... They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. For as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer sacrifice as to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Forty days had passed from the birth of Jesus The time that, according to the law that God gave Moses to give to Israel, the time necessary to pass for the purification of a woman who gave birth. She was ceremonially unclean during those days. You know, it's hard for us to comprehend and understand these things. They they don't make a lot of sense to us today. But... It was the custom of the day. That's what God had commanded for them. And to be cleansed from the, uh, from the childbirth 
and to be made whole again, to enter into the presence of God, a sacrifice had to be made. Now, the sacrifice was in accordance to one's ability to be able to make sacrifice. If you were a family that was wealthy, then the sacrifice was going to be a lamb. But if you were poor and of meager means, then the sacrifice was going to be uh, turtle doves or pigeons. Something that could be affordable for your family, but still cost you accordingly. Sacrifice always came at a price. It does today for you and I. Jesus' family came and presented him to the Lord at the temple and made sacrifice for the purification of Mary according to the law to fulfill everything that God had commanded for them to accomplish. You know, what if today we were about fulfilling those things that God has called us to do? You know, sometimes we put things on the back burner. We we tend to to think, well, I'll get around to it. But if you were a Jewish family who kept the law, when the day was appointed for something to happen, that was the day you did it. You didn't make excuses. You did it because you honored God and with all of your life. Today, you and I have been called in so many ways to make sacrifices on behalf of the things that God has called us to. And sometimes we put it off. We delay it. I'll get around to it, but it's just not convenient today. It didn't matter what the situation was. When the time came, they fulfilled that commandment that God had given to them to do. What if the church today, when the commandment comes upon us, what God has revealed to us, what He's called us to complete in His name, to accomplish for His glory, that we didn't put it off. Not that we would get ahead of Him, but that we would have discernment to know the time, but not to delay it, to postpone it, to put it off to a more convenient time. How many lives would be changed if you and I would just walk in faithfulness to the call that has been put upon us? Joseph and Mary were faithful. They came to the temple and they presented Jesus. They offered their sacrifice for purification so she would be ceremonially clean. And then we have these passages here that... There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout and looking for the coming salvation for Israel. He was expecting. He knew God had spoken to him that he was not going to die until he saw the coming of that great salvation for Israel. Little did that man know that that was the day that he was going to get to see it. When he came to temple and Joseph and Mary brought Jesus in to present him to the Lord because he was the firstborn. 
Simeon had the opportunity to see the salvation of Israel come into view. With his own eyes he got to see Jesus. You know, the scripture lets us know that he was a devout man, that he was a righteous man. He was a man that the Holy Spirit was in his life. Even before the Holy Spirit was sent forth in the way that he indwells you and I, the Holy Spirit was upon this man because he was righteous and holy before God. And he was praying. He knew the sign of the time that he was living in the season which the Messiah was going to come. Sometimes I think the church is, is not even looking at the signs that's going on in our times. They're oblivious to the, to the hour in which we live in. But this man knew the sign of the time. And he was with expectation looking forward to the coming of the Savior. And the Holy Spirit had promised him that he would get to visually see the salvation of the Lord. And when Mary and Joseph entered into the temple and presented Jesus, and he saw it, it says he came into the he came in the spirit. He came in the spirit. He was in the spirit of the Lord when he entered the temple. He was a righteous and holy man. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to carry out the custom of the laws, says he took him into his arms because he was expecting the salvation of God to come. And it said he blessed him and then he pronounced this. He says, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. Which... For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. You know, the Jews didn't quite understand that, that the Messiah was coming for everyone, not just for them. But they were to be a light for the whole world. And that Jesus came to be the light that that they were supposed to be carrying and bearing to the world. He goes on to say, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, not only to the Jews, but a light of revelation to the Gentiles, to all people of the earth, and the glory of your people Israel. And the scripture goes on to say, and his father and mother were amazed at these things being said about this child Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and then said to his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Jesus was going to cause the rise and the fall of many. For those who were the least and the last and the lost of the world, whose eyes were open and they had the opportunity to see the Savior, they were lifted up out of the 
ditch that they were in, out of the, the mess of their life. It were, they were raised up out of that into new life because he spoke truth to them, gave them hope because, frankly, the synagogue and the temple did not give them any hope because they were people of the street. They were people of the gutter. They weren't holy and righteous. They didn't have long tassels on their robes. They didn't have a lot to offer. Obviously, they were not blessed of God or they wouldn't be in the situation that they were in. They didn't understand the heart of God at all. But Jesus came to them and lifted them up. Today, you and I have been a people that some of us have been those that were down in the gutter, down in the ditch that have been raised up. Some of us have been part of of church all of our lives, but you have had the opportunity to have your eyes open to the truth that you've got to see Jesus face to face. To come to know the person. Not someone that was held at arm's length that you could never quite truly grasp. But one who has offered himself up as the atoning work on that cross to pay your sin debt. The one who is seated at the right hand of God the Father today. Who is making intercession for you with the Father saying... Dad, he's with me. She's with me. You and I have the opportunity that when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Because you and I, if we have allowed his atoning work to be applied to our lives and are born again in Christ Jesus, that we've been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Thank goodness I don't have to stand before you in my own righteousness, but I can be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. That which has set me free has also clothed me in the righteousness of my Savior. And when my Heavenly Father looks at me, He sees Jesus. He doesn't have to see Jamie White. He sees Jesus. And the same thing is true for all who have given their lives over to the Lord Jesus. You've been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And the Father views you in that way. Righteous, holy, justified, Sanctified, set apart for a special purpose in God. He didn't leave you out in any way of His plan, but you have been written in to the very plan of God. Your name is there in His book. Jesus was appointed for the rise and for the fall. The fall for those who played church, who played religion. They came to a demise in Christ. Because he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. You are workers of iniquity. Oh, yes, Lord, you know me. I'm the leader of the choir. I teach Sunday school. He says, depart from me, I never knew you. People had relationship with church. People had relationships with religion. People had relationships with traditions, but they didn't know the person of Jesus. 
you and I have been called into that relationship where we know him in a personal way. Not caught up in religion, but caught up in a relationship with the one who died for us to save us and the one who has put us in right relationship just as if we had never sinned with our Heavenly Father. And the scripture as it finishes up here says, And there was a prophetess, Anna. And she was advanced in years. She was married and only got to live seven years with her husband and he passed. And she was widowed all these years. And she had committed herself to the service of the Lord. Even to the fact that apparently she lived in the temple. I don't know how, but... Apparently, she had a spot there. This woman was held in high esteem by those of her day. She was another one of those ones who was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. She knew the hour was at hand. And she was expecting his arrival. And when she saw Jesus, she began... That very moment to give thanks to God and to go throughout the temple and throughout the city praising God and telling them the salvation of God has come to his people Israel. Today as we finish up this service, I want to challenge you to be people of expectation. We Saying the, the song here this morning, seek first the kingdom. But if you don't seek with expectancy, you're not going to receive people. You have to seek with expectancy. That you expect that God is a man that is greater than any of you and I in the fact that he is able to deliver and every way on his promise so if we have expectancy in our hearts he is faithful to deliver now you and I sometimes are microwave Christians as you heard me say before we want to stick it in there and hit 30 seconds and have it come out ready but the reality is he's got a lot of things to accomplish in your life to bring you to the fulfillment of his great plan there's some stuff that's got to come off. And there's some stuff that's got to come on that's not there. But if you're not in the game, if you're not actively expecting him to accomplish that, it's not going to happen for you. And you'll be sitting on the sidelines. But Fred, are we in the game? We're in the game. We're in the game. You and I have been called to be co-laborers with him in this process of delivering the good news of salvation. He didn't call us to sit on the sidelines and watch. He put you in the game. You're part of his great plan. Be expecting to be have your number called and you're going to be put in. Be expecting that you are going to be called up into service. But if... All you want to do is sit on the sidelines and take care of 18 inches of pew on Sunday morning and dust it off for the janitor. Right, Lisa? Then you have got what you were looking for. 
But if you were expecting God to choose people of that the world looks at as no significance, but he wants to use them to accomplish great things, then you have the same God that I have. Because he wants you and I to do exploits in his name. For his glory, not for yours. Not so people come up and pat you on. Heath, that was such a good job this morning. Well, it was. <laughs> but not that you did it to get the pat on the back. But that you did it so that God received the glory for the transformation of your life. And to encourage you to continue to press on towards the high calling in Christ that each one of us have been given. To go share the good news with those who have yet to hear it. With those who have yet to understand it. And with those who have yet to say yes to the Lordship of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks today for the power of your word. For it is the power of salvation for those who believe. May your Holy Spirit overtake this sanctuary in the hearts of all those who are gathered here today. Lord, those who are seeking you, pray that your Spirit would fill them full of your presence today. That you would move them in the acceptance of Jesus as their Lord and Savior. For those who have been believers for quite a while, but they've just not entered into the game, Lord. Help them to understand that you're calling their number and that you're wanting them to get off the bench and to get into the game. Lord, reveal your gifts of ministry that you've given to them. Well up with inside them with the words that they need in the moment when they need them for your glory. Supply them with every good gift of ministry that your word promises that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. But in the hour when we need you, that you will be there, granting us every good gift of ministry for your glory. Have your way in your people today, Lord Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, walk with each one of them as they depart today. Guide and direct their lives for your glory and for your honor, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. And amen. Amen. Will you take the hand of someone next to you?